This is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast, Episode 7. Hi, I'm Monica Woodhams, and this is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. I'm an influencer consultant and success coach, and I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, influencers, and industry experts who are making an impact and influencing the world so that we can start to live a life that we are so totally obsessed with. Hey y'all, welcome to episode seven. In this podcast episode, I'm chatting with the amazing Lexi D'Angelo. Lexi D'Angelo is a coach for the multi-passionate entrepreneurs. So really excited to dive deep into this conversation with her because she is keeping it real. She isn't afraid to talk about how her business has changed and how she's changed throughout her business. And I think that it really takes confidence and trust in yourself to really go there and really be honest with your process, with your progress, and not be, you know, self-conscious about the changes because we all go through zigzags to get to where we want to be and Lexi really embraces this and she's not afraid to you know like send out an email to her list and be like you know what I changed my mind about this and I think that's awesome because we're humans of course like the more we consume information the more we learn about ourselves our minds can change and that's totally okay and I think it's really cool that, again, she really embraces that. So I hope you enjoy this episode and make sure that you stay until the end because she has some fun things in store for y'all. Hey, everyone. I am here today with Lexi D'Angelo. She is a prosperity and pleasure coach, and I'm just so excited for all the juicy goodness that is in store for you today on today's podcast. So welcome, Lexi. So excited to have you here. Thank you, Monica. I'm so pumped to be here. I can't wait to dive into everything. Yeah. So, okay. We have to start with Prosperity and Pleasure Coach because for the listeners out there who haven't been following your journey in your career, which has been such a successful and fruitful career that you've had in coaching, mm. what does prosperity and pleasure mean for you? That's a great question. Um, and it's funny that you're asking me this because, well, I'll go into this in a second. I don't <laughs> want to throw you for a loop here, but I've actually changed my title a little bit, but the prosperity and pleasure thing stays the same. So for me, like it really is so important that what I do is guided by pleasure, what's lighting me up or what's like turning me on. And I've found that by following what everybody else and their mom is doing and just like trying to emulate what the gurus say you need to do to achieve success, that has brought me very little pleasure. And maybe it's brought me prosperity in the sense that, um, you know, I've achieved a certain monetary over like a level of monetary achievement, but there was just something that was soul sucking and really missing in the picture. So for me, prosperity is all about really tapping into my like abundance, which can mean wealth, it can mean happiness, it can mean fulfillment, it can mean so many things. And I really believe that prosperity is only possible when you are doing things that are lighting you up. I think that's so true because, you know, people can say, I'll be happy when I have this amount of money. I'll be happy when I quit this job. But really, we're so complex as humans. You can't just say this one thing is going to bring that prosperous, like fulfilled feeling. Totally. 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 And I feel like there's all this talk about like, you know, oh, if you take this course and you're going to get this result, and if you do this, you're going to get this result and life is going to be complete. And yes, it totally might help you on your journey. But I think that if you're only, you know, chasing these shiny objects just to feel fulfilled, you're going to be really disappointed and actually feel the opposite of that and very depleted. <laughs> Right. Did you always know that this is the direction that you wanted to take in working with clients? Or would you say in the early 
days, you did feel like you had to fit that mold of, you know, those gurus, those really well-known coaches out there. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely did not have any intention of going (laughs) this route at all. Uh, In the beginning, I actually started off as a health coach because that was my first introduction to the coaching world. And while I was really excited about my health and wellness journey, I found myself not so passionate about supporting other people with with that. And on the side, I was doing a bunch of website design, graphic design, and that kind of thing for for other coaches. And I'd get into these business conversations with them. And they were like, wait, you're really good at this strategy. And you really understand me and my brand. Like, why aren't you doing business coaching? And I was like, I don't know. That's a great question. So I slowly, you know, went into the business coaching role. But as I did, I saw you know, a formula for success. I was in a certain program and everybody was doing things a certain way. And I was like, oh my God, okay, if I want to be successful, I have to do it this way. And like I said, you know, I, I hit the, I hit success. I'm like doing um, air quotations right now, <laughs> relatively quickly because I hit six figures in six months, but I was the most unhappy Um, I had ever been inside of my business and the most burnt out. And so from there, like I knew something had to change. And ever since that moment, um, I made it a lot less about what everybody else says that I had to do. And I really started to trust that I had the answers and that if I just followed what was lighting me up and what was drawing me in, then that's where I would be successful. Right. Was it hard to give yourself the permission to first go from health coach to business coach and now ultimately to this alignment of everything that comes into being prosperous rather than just the business strategy? Yeah. I mean, honestly, the coach that I was working with at the time was basically like, you can't go from being a health coach to a business coach. Like people know you as a health coach. And if you switch over to business coach, like the next day, that's going to look weird. And that's going to be off putting. And I was just like, so crushed. I was so crushed Mm -hmm. because I was like, I'm not passionate about this, though. And so I let that mess with me for like about a week or two. And then I was like, screw it. I don't care what she says. Like (laughs) this, like I can't keep pushing and doing this when my soul is not in it at all. And so I was like, I'm going for the business thing and she can think what she wants and everybody else can think what they want, but I don't care because I just can't keep doing something that I'm not aligned with. Right. Absolutely. For you, when you work with your clients, do you see that? that is a struggle for them to really step into what they're in alignment with more because of that? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you started out as this and now you should do this. And how do you give them the permission to do it? Yes. Great question. So what I was going to say to you is that I've kind of changed my title to be a soulful strategist for multi-passionate leaders, even though I'm all about the prosperity and the pleasure. I think I've been avoiding saying that I am this strategist for multi-passionate women because I've viewed in the past multi-passionate things to be flaky or just all over the place, but I really don't believe it is that way. And that is who I am and that is who I serve. And so I feel like the women who are, who come to me, they're so overwhelmed because they actually have an infinite amount of talents and ideas. And it's hard for them to just pigeonhole themselves or put themselves in a box. And they do evolve a lot and they do change. So I love helping them stop fighting these inherent gifts that they have and really embrace them so they can expand their influence, their impact and their income. And this is a struggle for them at first, though, because we've been told like in society, like focus niche, and even in this industry, like niche down, like that's when you're going to be super successful. And so we've shamed ourselves, we've judged ourselves, we made ourselves wrong for having all these things that we're passionate about. But I show them that they can actually, instead of, you know, putting that into shadow or instead of making it wrong, if they take this, their biggest, what they consider flaws or weaknesses can actually be their greatest gifts and their greatest strengths. And it's just about how to weave it together in a way that's clear 
and cohesive and that really um, shines a light on what their expertise is, even if they are multi-passionate. That's amazing. And I feel like anyone listening right now, so many people listening actually are probably like feeling a sigh of relief. (laughs) Because I I mean, if you do have that entrepreneur spirit, chances are it is because you're multi-passionate because you see different things that light you up in the world and you can see how you can really put your spin on it. Yes. Yes. Because I think there's one thing about being multi-passionate and just saying like, oh my gosh, I love doing this and I love doing that and da, 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 da. And then it's like, oh my God, this is confusing. Like what's going on? But there's a way to find the common thread and weave it all together. So at least on the front end, you have a a way of like clearly and concisely and therefore confidently conveying your message. And then on the back end of things, you can still, you know, talk about anything that you really want, but it is important that you're able to be concise about it or else everybody will be confused. Right. And that's where the strategy definitely comes into play. So you also mentioned shadow. Mm -hmm. And for the listeners who aren't familiar with shadow work, how would you break that down? Yeah. So basically, well, shadow work is also a trademarked um, word. And so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I didn't know that at at first when I started doing the work. But so I can't technically say like I'm a shadow work facilitator, but I work okay. with the shadow. I can say that. That's fine. Got it. And so basically it's these things that we have um, told ourselves or we've been told are wrong, are bad uh, about us. So we learn these stories from a very, very young age. So one huge thing that's in shadow for women is like sexuality. And from a young age, for the most part, we learn from society, from our parents, from those around us that like, we shouldn't be too sexual, or we shouldn't like talk about that. And so we've put it in the shadow. Or maybe when you were younger, you were like this, like vibrant and really bright personality. And uh, you got so excited, then you would be like really vocal and like, like, uh, just like really out there. And you got in trouble because maybe you disrupted the class or you were like too much. And so from a young age, you you learn this story of, oh my gosh, like if I am too loud or if I stand out too much, then I will get in trouble. So you put that in shadow and you make it you make it wrong. And there's this narrative that lives in your head for so long. That's like, this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. So you have trouble as an entrepreneur being in the spotlight and really making yourself visible. So I mean, there's a zillion different things we put into shadow, but I really love helping women take those things and bring it to the light and claim them because I think that that can be their greatest power instead of um, what they think is their greatest weakness. Absolutely. And I mean, everyone has that, I think. Yes, everybody does. Okay. And I think that's where it kind of all starts is just being like, it's okay that I've been hiding because XYZ reason. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to take the step to really step into my truth and my authenticity by working through that. Yes. And having someone to help you work through that, I think, is key to even uncovering what it is that's holding you back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of the times too, since it's in shadow, it's in our blind spot. And we can't, I mean, sometimes we can identify it, but other times like we aren't aware of it. So if you're working with a coach, especially for a significant amount of time, the coach is definitely going to be able to spot things that maybe you're not able to and help you um, look at them in a really loving, non-judgmental way that can support you in your evolution. Right. So that is one aspect of how you bring the soulful into strategy. So what are the other ways that you would say you break down the soulful in order to do the strategy? Yeah, I mean, I I really just first and foremost, just really believe that there is never ever one way of doing anything. So I'm always committed to providing my clients with highly customized and creative solutions that just they, they're never cookie cutter. They're never one size fits all. And they are in alignment with what their uh, core values are or their soul truths or their deepest desires. So I never use like the same 
tactic or strategy with every single client because what works for me isn't going to necessarily work for you. And so I would say I'm very, um, I, I really dig deep with them and really find out what's true for them. And we figure out like a really customized and soulful way of strategizing their business. Um, but then on the more the spirituality side, because I really do meet women at the crossroads of strategy and spirituality. So I weave in things like, so we're talking about shadow work. I talk about archetypes. Um, sometimes I'll weave in astrology, uh, rituals. I mean, there, there's so many different things that I bring into the mix that really, I think, help people go deeper into unlocking, claiming, and then monetizing what their unique magic is. That's amazing. And again, I think it's so important to remember that there is no one like secret formula to business because (laughs) I'll have clients come to me and they've spent like four hours a night on Pinterest just going through articles on what step they should take Uh, next, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like they're waiting for that perfect moment where it's like, and this is the Pinterest post with the exact thing that everyone <laughs> is doing. Yeah, it can be. I mean, especially when you're starting out, it can just be so overwhelming. It's like you don't know how to trust yourself because like, you've never done it before. So I find that sometimes like in the beginning, being able to mimic somebody else like is the most natural thing. So having some type of framework to follow like is helpful. And then once you mimic it, you start to master it and really embody it. And then you're able to like really revolutionize it and make it your own and figure out how to have it be aligned with you instead of the person who you learn from. Definitely. So one thing that I think listeners might be wondering is, okay, Lexi, so you have this you do the soulful strategy and that works for you because you've been in the industry, you already have people on your list and that's something just so specific, but how could I attract clients when I have such a specific thing that I want to do? So for example, like if they're a business coach, but really they want to bring in wellness into it, Mm -hmm. for example, like what would you say to them? Yeah, I mean, it so depends because somebody who's interested in business and wellness, they might want to do business for like wellness entrepreneurs, or they might really want to help business owners get like who have a successful business, but their wellness has gone off track. Maybe they want to help them with that. Or maybe they want to focus on business, but you know, wellness and a healthy lifestyle is just like part of their brand and their image. So there's a million different directions that you can go with it. So it really just depends. But I do believe that when you weave in these additional elements, it really positions you as somebody who is different, who is unique, instead of just like a business coach, you have like another thread to weave into it that really attracts your tribe of people who resonate with that message. Absolutely. I was talking with someone yesterday who's a lifestyle, um, they're a lifestyle blogger and fashion blogger. And she was saying, it's impossible for me to stand out because there's so many. And I was like, okay, but you have a unique perspective. You Mm. have something that no one else has. Yes. And she had never looked at fashion and lifestyle blogging from that perspective. Mm. But at the end of the day, it's like we all have that unique thing. And that's what's going to make us stand out. Yeah. And even just who we are as people, like I always say, if you and I were to literally be given a script and talk about word for word, the same topic, people would still resonate more with you or more with me based off of our energy, like our personality, like the way we read it, the way that, you know, um, our style is. And so just by being you, I really think that in authentically, you're not trying to be somebody else, but really truly being you, you're already positioning yourself as somebody who's different. Totally. I think that's so that's such an amazing observation because it's true. Like even that's why certain actors resonate with people and other people hate that actor. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they might be playing the same role, but one is more exciting than the other. Yep. Totally. 
So when it comes to sales, Mm -hmm. so again, like making sure that sales feel good and not icky, especially if you're, you know, trying to really be in tune and alignment with your business, how do you use rituals in order to tap into sales? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So first and foremost, I think it's a reframe about how we view sales. Like the term sales, I just feel like so many of us have, we've put that into shadow. We've made that wrong. And uh, yeah, it can be icky. It can be sleazy. It can be gross for sure. But there's also another way of doing it. And the way that I see sales is it's serving. It's giving somebody and providing someone a solution to a problem that they so desperately desire support with. And without making the sale, you're not able to support them and guide them to, you know, hit those big goals of theirs. So, um, that first of all, I think it's like a reframe and really starting to understand that it is of the highest service to be able to sell your program or your package to somebody. Um, because without that belief, then I don't think any type of ritual is going to really help. Mm, that's I love that. And that's with anything, wouldn't you say? Like, totally. You first have to get through the deep stuff and then you can create that ritual around it. Yeah. Like I think that, um, you know, our beliefs and the way that we view things, our perspective is huge. And if we don't believe in something or have like a really negative viewpoint, any actions we take are kind of going to be going against that anyway. So it's not going to work. So I think the biggest piece is working on the beliefs around sales, but then in terms of rituals, it really depends on the person. I mean, Sometimes before a sales call, um, I will um, pull like a tarot card and either like just to set the intention for me, or maybe I'll even read it to the person on the sales call um, if I think that they're open to something like that. Other times I might diffuse some essential oils that, you know, get me in this like high vibe energetic state. Or I may visualize and um, see our conversation going extremely well and just setting the intention that no matter what, the person leaves the call feeling uh, really clear on their next steps, whether it's working with me or not. And uh, through the sales process as well, I really see it as almost like a ritual in itself, like really supporting somebody in seeing the truth of what they really need, what they really desire. Um, And it it really depends how spiritual or non-spiritual the person is, but there are different exercises I might do with them, you know, like tapping into their, the truth of their higher self, doing a visualization, again, pulling tarot cards, asking them to look for signs, like all these different things, depending on who I'm speaking to. Right. What has been the most exciting part of bringing the spirituality into your business? It just makes it more fun. Like it, it brings like some magic to it that otherwise I think is kind of like, you know, a sales process is cool and all, but it can be a little bit mundane. And mm-hmm. And everything in business, I really like to weave just fun and magic into it to make it feel special and to make it feel like it's not just like this this chore, this task or to do. And so a lot of my clients and students who go through my courses, they always comment on how um, even with something like target market research, I have exercises that are super fun. They're like, oh my God, it was like a game and it was so fun to do (laughs) instead of this boring thing that I've done in the past. So I just think it enhances it and it makes it different. And so it it engages people more. Yeah, I think that's so cool. Because so I think I even mentioned this to you before, I've seen students take courses, and then one, maybe not even start it, even though they bought it, Mm -hmm. or two, you know, dropping off after week one. And so like you said, creating that engagement, really, I mean, that's how they're going to succeed in a course, quote, mm-hmm. you succeed, quote, unquote, but you have to be engaged. And so to set your clients up for that, I think is huge. Yes, absolutely. So is that something that you really put into play with your new course, Craft Your Prosperous Course? 
Yes. So a big piece of that is, I mean, we all, like I said, like we all have so many things to do and I I don't like to make it monotonous. I really believe that if something is inside of my course, it's going to be something that is going to help you excel and also something that you're going to enjoy doing or it's going to be so rewarding to do. And so I really make that a big part of what I'm doing inside of the course. And I really place an emphasis too on not just like so there are most courses are based off of what I call like knowledge based trainings where it's like, Hey, here's some information. Here's what you need to know. Like, okay, like maybe like now go do something about it. So it's like us sitting, absorbing information and that's great, but it's, it's not enough. Like there are other elements of uh, learning that are so important to weave in. So there are also, and, and these all correlate with the four different elements. So air is all about the intellect. So that's like the knowledge-based trainings. And that's awesome. And that's important. It has a place. Then fire is the soul aligned actions. So you can't just tell someone to like go and take an action. They have to really understand like why they should be taking it and be super connected to the soul of the of why they're going to take that action because otherwise it's going to be this empty action. So incorporating ways for people to take soul aligned actions. Then the water element correlates to spiritual practices. So for me like I'm going to be weaving in different type of spiritual practices to enhance what people are learning even further. And then finally earth which is all about embodying it on like a physical level. So not just like taking actions, but like really mastering things and embodying it. So it becomes like second nature in your truth. And you're making this like physical body memory of it. So it's really cemented. So um, that's just like one way that I feel like my courses are are different than other ones out there. And some and some things are, it makes more sense to be more knowledge-based heavy or more soul-aligned action heavy. Um, There's definitely no perfect mix, and it really depends on the format, but we'll be diving into a lot about that and how people can figure out what blend is best for them. That's awesome. So would you say that this course, this new one, is specifically for the multi-passionate entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, I I honestly think that even if you are somebody who is super laser focused, this is going to be incredibly valuable and useful for you. Um, But I mean, multi-passionate people are my people. And uh, I feel like this is more so for that type of person, because I think that many of the people that I work with, they are brilliant at what they do one on one. And they have this like, incredible gift of uh, facilitating transformation with their clients, but they're frustrated because they're like, Oh my God, I don't have a method to my madness. And (laughs) like, what, what do I like help people do? And what is the um, framework I can guide people through? And they don't see it. And I know I felt this way too. I'm like, Oh no, I can never put this into a course. It's like too intuitive and too unique every time. But even if that's the case, I really know that I can help people swirl their brilliance and take the most potent and powerful parts of their one-on-one work and put it into a very distinctive methodology um, that can be part of their scalable course so they don't have to keep trading dollars per hour. What is it? Hours for dollars? Dollars for hours? Yeah. (laughs) Whatever whatever the saying is. Definitely. And that's key to scaling your business, right? Is finding those other ways other than the one-on-one work. So when it comes to scaling a business, how would someone know that it's time Mm. to do that? That's a great question. So, I mean, one of the most obvious ways to know is that like you are on the brink of burnout or you are burnt out. So for example, a few years ago, I had... 32 one-on-one clients who I was seeing every single week. So that was 32 hours of one-on-one calls every week. And I just had no time to do anything else inside of my business. And I was just so exhausted. I was resenting almost my clients because I was on these back-to-back calls when I really wanted to be in the space of creating and 
teaching and being like the CEO and the visionary of my business instead. So if you are fully booked um, and, you know, either raising your prices like doesn't feel like the solution or you just have like any desire to serve more people than just the one-on-one, then you know it's time. Some people though, they might not even be fully booked and that's totally cool too. It's just, I really think first and foremost, if you have this deep desire to work with groups, like I know I love the energy that's created when uh, there's a group program and there's this this deep sisterhood. Like I, I love that so much. So that's something like if you've been craving creating a deep community, then that's something for you to consider. What other things? I mean, I think too, if you're somebody who is really interested in creating some type of best-selling uh, a book or a keynote presentation to stand in front of thousands and speak, um, then this is for you because I think that you need to figure out what your signature framework or your methodology is first and actually test it out inside of a course, get feedback, see what is landing with people, what's not landing with people before you go ahead and really cement it into a book or a signature talk or something like that. So yeah, I feel like those people would really benefit from something like that. Right. And that makes a lot of sense because there's so much that you do learn throughout the process of creating the first thing is in this case, it would be that course. And then that will develop into so much more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's really cool. And I also really like how you mentioned community because I think that that's to me, if I had to pinpoint one of your strengths, I would say community. Thank you. And whether that's from your free Facebook group community, or it's the unicorn elixir sorceresses, <laughs> which I'm a part of, I really see how community is, from my perspective, something that comes second nature to you. Mm, thank you. That's so kind. Yeah. So let's transition to that, yeah, that into the unicorn it. elixir sorceresses. So, okay, we're going to get real here. <laughs> and we're going to talk about essential oils and doTERRA and the MLM thing because you last year posted uh, a blog post yes. on why you were not into the MLM thing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and and I have to tell you, I saw that. I was like, yeah, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and this year in 2018, you've essentially created an incredible community of women who have come together through essential oil. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know the tables have turned. <laughs> so tell me about that process for you and the, even the decision-making process of going big with it and turning it into a community instead of, you know, hiding in your bedroom with essential oils and not telling anyone about it. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yes. Okay. So for anybody listening, I wrote this, this blog post is called like a love letter to MLMs or something like that. And in it, I was just like, Hey, I see you, you are trying your hardest to get your business off the ground. And I respect you for that. And there's a better way to do it. Like, <laughs> You can't just be messaging, friending people and then messaging them and saying like, buy my shit. Like that doesn't work. I'm like, here's a better way. And so I've worked with people in the past, like who have done MLMs. And I'm so sorry to any of you who are my clients in the past, because I basically like tried to force people to get out of their MLM business. So apologies. <laughs> um but I just had, there's like such a stigma about them. And I was like, oh my gosh, some of these people like have no clue and are so annoying. And so I was like, oh my God, I'll never touch MLM businesses with like a 10 foot pole. But I was using the doTERRA essential oils and I really love them. And my clients would always ask for recommendations. And so I found myself uh, recommending them. And I was like, but I'm not getting, you know, any you know, any affiliate commission in this and I could be and I was like, ah, whatever, it's no big deal. And then I started to consider it more and more. And finally, I was like, okay, I've done 
my research for like the past like year, like looking into all the different companies, whether to do an MLM or not do an MLM. And I was like, okay, I think I'm going to do this. But if I do this, I know how important it is that I'm a part of a good team because I've heard like horror stories in the past from some of my clients where their uplines like are just terrible. Um, so I was like, okay, I need to be smart about this. And Jess, um, uh, my upline, she had reached out to me like one time because I had asked questions about essential oils and she was so chill, like not salesy at all, like super cool. And I was like, I'm going to stalk her a little bit more and make sure <laughs> this is the right choice. I told her this afterwards. I was like, I've been watching you. Um, <laughs> and so I watched her and I was like, yeah, I like her style. Like they're spiritual. They're loving. They do it in a non-sleazy way. Like I'm in. So I, I joined and I joined her team in September, but I still didn't do anything. Cause I was like, ugh. I don't know, like, is this a bad decision? Like, what am I doing? And then like, finally, at the end of November, I was like, screw it. I'm doing this. Like, I'm going for it. I want to show people that there's a way to do this that hasn't been done before, that you can get creative with this, that you can uh, have a lot of fun and provide so much value and really do it in a way that feels good. So that was kind of like my mission. And then like I shared that I was doing this and people were so interested and I was really actually surprised. And I don't know, it just kind of all happened so quickly. And it was really cool to see like even some people who were like, you know what, I would, I've been in MLMs before, I would never consider doing them, but I trust you and I believe in you. So I'm joining and I'm like, Oh my God, that's so much pressure, but okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, like, and, and now we have over a hundred people inside of our team and they're like all the most amazing women ever. And it's just so cool. Right. And I think what's important to know is that it's so like, you say team and yes, it's a team and truly in the sense that everyone's supporting each other because I've heard the horror stories too, (laughs) where like you, like you sign up and then you're kind of on your own and like you're lost, but having to like be pressured to doing things that feel uncomfortable and and then you start burning bridges with family members because you're so sick of you. But it's like this space inside the Unicorn Elixir Sorceresses group. Like it's fun. Everyone's having fun in there and everyone's sharing how they're using it in their life. And I think at the end of the day, that's the key is if you're going to be selling something on behalf of a company like this, it has to be something that you are using. Totally. And it can't be that like like the next cool thing that's going to make you money. Because even with that being said, like it's a long-term thing. Yes, exactly. Like the the way that I see this and sometimes it can be like frustrating because in the coaching business, you could go out there and put out a $50,000 package if you really wanted to. I'm not saying it's going to be super easy to sell, but you know, you can make money like that. With this, it's something that builds and builds and builds over time. So you have to be more patient with it. And it's just, it's a different, completely different business, but it's something that is residual. Like I was sick for a couple weeks and then I took time off for three weeks, but I wasn't, even though I wasn't able to be there and like go and, you know, get people to join our team, other people on our team were doing that. And so I was still seeing checks coming in and I was like, what? Like, this is crazy. Um, and to know that we're all supporting each other. So when I help you, like it's helping me. And like, when you help me, it's helping you. And all these things is, is pretty cool. And I do believe that everybody plays their part and has like a certain role. Like you do not need to be the top enroller on the team to be like the most valuable person. (laughs) I really think that with our team too, like everybody has a unique brilliance and zone of genius. And so while someone might be like the top recruiter and have like really great tips on how to do that, like somebody else is really incredible just like in terms of like a community cheerleader, like they're on every single call, like they're always like raising the vibe and the energy or whatever. So everybody like has 
their purpose and their place. And it's not like this, you have to do X, Y, and Z, or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not useful, (laughs) (laughs) which a lot of people feel on other teams I've heard. So yeah. What would you say to someone who would love to do this, but they are really like feeling uncomfortable with the judgment that might be perceived from friends and family? Oh, yeah. So I mean, uh, Joanna Turner, uh, one of the women on our team, she actually did an awesome training call about this where they were doing some EFT and some releasing around like the stigma that comes with MLM. So there we have like so many different ways to support people with this because we've all been there. We've all been like so anti MLM, which is kind of hilarious. But I think you know, first and foremost, like you were saying, like, I think you need to try the product and see if you enjoy it, which most people like once they try it, they're like hooked. And they're like, Oh, my gosh, it's amazing. I'm actually really passionate about this. And why wouldn't I share it if I know it could help somebody. So I think if you just come from that place, of like genuinely enjoying the product and wanting to help people, it's a totally different vibe than it's like, hey, buy my shit. Like you have to so I can make money. Like that doesn't feel good. But right. if it's like, oh my gosh, you're you're not able to sleep at night and like you've been so stressed out, like uh, like lavender and serenity is amazing. Like it's been helping me. If you want, I can send you a sample, like try it out. And that is a much more, uh, like if someone offered that to me, I'd be like, okay, sweet. Sounds good. I'll try it. Right. So I think it's just all in the approach. Totally. I can't tell you how many random DMs I get on Instagram <laughs> that are like, hey, your profile's really cool. Want to learn about how you can make money? Oh, jeez. Like, Does that work for you? What is your what's your conversion rate with that? Mm. You send it to enough people. I mean, yeah. But yeah, to me, I'm just, I just laugh every time I see that. I know. Like, if only you knew, like, if you had just even like, said something about one of my posts, I instead know. of saying I have a really cool profile, like, I know. tell me my bag was cute. <laughs> right, stroke my ego. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. It's so true. Like, sometimes I, I, I don't know, either ignore it, or if I'm in like a, not a fiery mood, but like, <laughs> oh, my God, then I'll be like, hey, really appreciate you sending this. However, there's a better way to do this. If you're interested in hearing more, I'd love to help you. Like, so I almost like give it back. To oh them. my gosh, I love that. Um, so yeah, because I'm like, there is a better way. And if you yeah. actually want to make money doing this, like you can't be doing it the way that you're doing it. So right. which goes for anything in life. Like, yes. I really think like it goes, that approach goes beyond sales. Like even like, asking someone to go on a coffee date to pick their brain. Mm. You know, I think it really all translates into people will respond when you show that you are genuinely interested in them and that they're not just a number exactly on an Excel sheet. Yeah, exactly. It's like, how would it's just like in real life situations, would you go up to somebody and be like, Hey, I like your face. Like, I think that I can help (laughs) you make more money. It's like, what? Like, no, no No. I know the internet does give like this extra buffer between Mm -hmm. real life and digital life but if you can bring the real life into the digital life I think that's where people end up really thriving exactly so like when in doubt like if someone were sitting across where you were standing across from you how would you interact with them as a human being (laughs) like it's that simple I think that's such a good rule of thumb. I love that. So I have one question that has kind of been in the back of my mind since we first started the conversation. Yes. And you were talking about, you know, not doing, not running your business in a way that doesn't feel good and that's making you miserable or feeling burnt out, Mm -hmm. right? So here's the question, though. Where's the line between doing the things that, you know, are required to grow a business Mm -hmm. and being like, this is, 
this is what's fun for me. So I'm only going to do that. <laughs> yes, that's a great question. And I think like the line or the balance or whatever you want to call it is different for everybody. I know some people who do so well with literally uh, scheduling out every single hour of their day. And like that gives them a freedom uh, that wouldn't be available to them if they hadn't planned. Some people are like, oh my God, that sounds like the worst thing ever. And (laughs) I want to be aware of what my top three priority tasks are for the day and know that like, I'll fit them in where feels good for me. But like, as long as those things happen, like, great. So I really don't think that there's a, again, like there's no one size fits all solution for this, which sucks because we all want a magic pill. We all want like the Mm -hmm. one thing to follow, but I think it's just trial and error and really seeing what works best for you. Mm -hmm. And maybe even taking a step back to analyze probably isn't the right word, but to really see is this working or not working? Because sometimes yeah. we're so deep in it yes. that it's hard for us to even realize, okay, do I like having a morning routine or do I not like having a morning routine? Yes, totally. Like I think it's so important that we are constantly taking that step back and just feeling into, okay, what, what, like how do I desire to feel? Like what do I want to achieve? Is what I'm doing right now helping me get there? Like what's helping me? What's not helping me? Like just constantly being in a space of evaluating whether it's once a week or once a month or whatever. But when we're going at things blindly and just like, all right, whatever, then I think that that's just like a crapshoot. And you do need to have awareness because you have to be intentional around your actions. Totally. So for someone who does want that support in order to have the awareness, where can they find you in the digital space? Where can they learn more from you? Yes, I'm all over. Um, (laughs) They can go to LexiDangelo.com. That's my website. And then on Instagram, my username is LexiDangelo. On Facebook, Oh, what else is there? I don't know. I have my Facebook group, which I think I'm about to change the name of after like two years. Okay. <laughs> so we can, I can add the, the URLs in the show notes. I'm like, so how that many everyone else else do you want? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Check, y'all check are good. Notes. Check the show notes after this, <laughs> but not quite yet because first I want y'all to hear Lexi's favorite lifestyle hack. Oh, my favorite lifestyle hack. I forgot yes. about that you were going to ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. My favorite lifestyle hack. Hmm. What is my favorite lifestyle hack? I mean, I really do think that for me, what's really been working is that like setting myself up for success every week. And what I mean by that is it's like can be like this multi hour process or it can be like a few minutes, like depending on how I'm feeling, but just really getting clear on what my goals are, what my desires are, and not just like, oh, I want to, okay, I want to make 5k and like that's that. And or like, I want to, you know, feel um, or lose 10 pounds or whatever. It's like, no, no, no. Like, what can I do to make those things happen this week? Because then at the end of the week or at the end of the month, I can really look back and see, um, like, I, I rate myself too, like how well everything went. And I can see like, okay, well, I wanted to go to the gym every, like, every other day, at least. And I was only doing it twice every week. And okay, so that's why that didn't happen. Or I wanted to go live on Facebook at least twice a week. And I was doing it once every other week, like, okay, that's why my goals didn't happen. So I think just being very clear, what the goals are, what the actions I desire to take to hit those are. And then like we were just talking about being like, okay, did those happen? If not, why not? Um, And is it because it's not the most pleasurable way of doing it? What can I do instead? Or is it just because there's some type of resistance that I need to overcome and look at here? Oh, I love that. Keeping yourself accountable. That's, that's really what that comes down to. I feel totally. Like. Yes. And I'm going to kind of segue. So what if, what's your essential oil of the day today that you're using? Ooh, that's a great question. Grapefruit. So it's cold. It's like, ugh, 
blah out here in Boston. And so grapefruit just makes me so happy. It lifts my mood. And um, I don't know, like if you take a sniff, you literally can't help but just be so happy. And I love it mixed with um, in a diffuser with bergamot and uh, lemon. It just is like this tropical paradise created in my home. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Which your tropical paradise will soon be Bermuda. I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like so soon. It's in, oh my, I don't know, like 13 days or something like that. I'm moving to Bermuda. So I can't freaking wait. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. And then the last question is what's your morning routine? Yes. Great question. So I used to be a freak about this and be like, okay, for 30 minutes, I need to read. And then for 20 minutes, I need to meditate. And then this, this, this. And then I found myself being so resistant to doing my morning routine. So um, now typically what it looks like is I, so I have like all these sheets that I've made for myself according to like how I work and how I function. And so like I was saying, I set myself up in the beginning of the week. And then I have like these daily sheets of like asking myself, like, what are three amazing things that could happen today? Like, what do I want to be more open to receiving even more of? And then like, what are like my top three priorities for the day? And so just like filling that out and getting like aware of what what's going on there is really helpful for me. And honestly, it never looks quite the same. Like today, it was walking, listening to a podcast, like going to the gym and like whatever. Some other days, like it's reading or it's um, meditating or visualizing. Like it's really never the same for me. And for somebody who is multi- passionate and also gets bored so easily. Like I need that variety to keep me engaged. Mm -hmm. I'm the same way. I also, my 2017 and actually 2016 was all about the morning routine. Mm. And I'm, I'm not a morning person. So I really neither. need that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I needed that in the sense, like I went through a lot of shifts in my business last year and I needed to maximize how many hours I had in the day. Right. But now that I, you know, have more things under control, you could say, it's <laughs> the morning routine doesn't feel good anymore. Mm. And it's just like, okay, what do I need this morning? Is the first thing I need this morning yes. a huge thing of water or is it coffee? Right. <laughs> you know, even things like that. Oh my God. I'm so with you. Like, I just don't think there's a formula for, I mean, mm, I shouldn't say that. Some people really do thrive with like that structure, but for me, it's um, stifling and I feel claustrophobic with it. So just like the simple question of what do I desire today? Like what's going to help me get started on the right foot or what would I like love to do right now? What's going to support me in, you know, creating the best day ever? Just something like, yeah. like that and just following it is enough for me. Exactly. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Lexi, for joining me. Today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I could talk for hours with you as I was saying before I know. <laughs> I know. There's so much juicy goodness in here. And so the show notes, I'm going to like really break it down so uh, anyone listening can really follow along because again, there are so many juicy nuggets in here. Yes. And I really appreciate you sharing all of this with us, Lexi. Of course. Thank you for having me, Monica. I appreciate it. You're so welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free tips and trainings, head over to monicawoodhams.com slash podcast. You'll be able to learn more about this week's guest and how to connect with her as well. Talk soon, y'all.